Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And happy Monday to you. Everybody here in the Sports Daily family, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us, and we are ready to roll another wild weekend of football to make our way through on a Monday, a reaction Monday, if you want to call it that, a lot to react to. Great wins for both Kansas and Kansas State, as fun a college football weekend for the Sunflower State as I can remember in my time here. Uh, and a not-so-great NFL weekend, really for anybody, it seems like. Um, a lot to get to. We're going to focus mostly there. News with the Pro Bowl today uh, coming down. We'll get to that later in this hour. The Wichita Wind Surge getting ready for a playoff game coming up uh, tomorrow night at Riverfront Stadium. So if you want to potentially see your last chance to see them, if they win tomorrow night, they'll play then a clincher on Wednesday. But the Wind Surge... Uh, in either the final game or final two games of their season coming up tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, But it's a football weekend and it's a football Monday here, Tommy, as we try to sort out the mess of the NFL. We're going to talk a lot about college football coming up in the second hour. So KU, K-State fans, we'll have you covered. We're going to start with the NFL. Um, Another primetime dud last night. We've got butt punts, Tommy. We've got the Orlovsky making an appearance again. We've got teams beating teams they have no business beating. And we are three weeks now into the NFL season, and there are two unbeaten teams remaining, depending on what the Giants do tonight. Are you kidding me with the NFL this year? Good morning, Tommy. Hey, good morning, Jacob. I'm glad you're the captain in the, of this ship today because I have no idea where to start. Uh, there are there's so many different things going on in the NFL right now, uh, and I know we're going to talk at length about the Kansas City Chiefs later on in the show because um, there's a lot to get to with that. But just overall, the landscape it's wild, like it's insane, and we're three weeks in, and you know, and, and maybe it's just recency bias, but I don't remember it being this crazy this early in any year prior to this one. So, uh, man, I'm glad you're going to direct us through it because I don't even know where to start. 
Well, and the Chiefs are coming in the next segment because, you know, they lose, they play like doo-doo, and there is a little lingering concern about a halftime altercation that we'll get to between Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, and it's only concerning because of all the rumors swirling in the offseason, but we'll, you know, we're going to go dive in full to the Chiefs in our next segment and tomorrow with Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, but it just is like, I mean, it's not just the Chiefs. Like, who are the best teams? I mean, Philly and Miami are the only two unbeatens. Again, depending on what the Giants do tonight, but we're not going to pretend the Giants are in this conversation because they're not. Um, I, I don't know what to make of everything. You know, the the Packers get a, a nice win um, and, and sort of reestablish themselves a little bit. Uh, Chicago is 2-1. Are you kidding me? Chicago? What? Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I guess we'll have to just deal with that because they're terrible. Um, you know, it's just been, it, it's been so strange. And, and last night, let's start here. Remember, it wasn't Tommy and you and I both had the same thought on this. And we basically put it out into the universe about the same time yesterday. And I'm sure everybody's thinking about it. We're not even a month from thinking the AFC West might be one of the toughest divisions in the history of this league. And the AFC West looks like garbage through three weeks. I mean, the Chiefs fumbled it around and, and stumbled their way through yesterday. They clearly look the best of the four. But Denver? What was that last night? I mean, they came away with a win. Good for them. The Chargers get housed by Jacksonville, and the Raiders can't do anything right. Yeah, I mean, think about this for a second. The Denver Broncos are one final drive away in week one against Seattle from being three and oh, I mean, and all we talked about is how terrible their decision-making is and the game management and the clock management, all of that with Nathaniel Hackett as a first time head coach, he and Andy Reed have the same record right now. They're both tied for first place in the AFC West. Now, granted the schedules have been a little bit different for both of those teams early on here, but man, I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre, you know, it, obviously Justin Herbert banged up for Los Angeles that's not good, and Brandon Staley facing a lot of questions about leaving Justin Herbert in that game when they were down 38-10 to against the Jaguars, who all of a sudden look like a legitimate football team. That's a different topic altogether. And then, yeah, the, the Raiders, the team that everybody—I mean, yeah, th there were conversations about the Chargers also, but a lot of people were crowning the Raiders as— being this really, really potentially dominant team in the AFC West with the acquisition of Devontae Adams in the offseason. They brought over Chandler Jones. Josh McDaniels is this offensive guru and had been for a long time and learned his lesson when he was in Denver, and he's going to be better now with Las Vegas. They're 0-3. They're 0-3. And yeah, th this AFC West is bizarre, and I don't even really know what to make of it right now. I don't know either. Uh and, and I'm raising my hand on somebody who thought the Raiders were going to be good this year. And they still might be, but the adjustment to Josh McDaniels has been staggering. It seemed like um, it seemed like such a nice fit, right, with Derek Carr's skill set. You know his connection with Adams, but I, I feel like teams right now are just taking Adams away. Um, and that's been it. So I don't know what, you know, the Raiders, can they rebound? Sure, they can. Um, but it's, it's tough to say. I'm more surprised by the chargers yesterday because Herbert was active and they still got smoked by the Jaguars. 
And we're coming out of a week where the Chargers looked better than the Chiefs did in that primetime game. Now, the Chiefs won that game. They found a way to win that game. I have real concerns about the Chiefs. Talk about it in the next segment. Real concerns. But they do look like they're better than everybody else in that division. I mean, they do. Tommy, do you know who has the second best point differential through three weeks in the NFL so far this year? The first best you might guess is Buffalo. Who do you think the second best is off the top of your head if you haven't looked yet? Um, Jacksonville? It's Jacksonville. Wow. Jacksonville was expected to be picking at the top of next year's draft. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's the kind of player that we thought he was going to be. Um, it was the Urban Meyer effect, clearly. Doug Peterson has unlocked him and unlocked them a little bit. Lawrence has been – he's been pretty good. Like, like, he's been pretty to real good so far this year, which is great because we've we've all followed him for so long. But they're doing everything well. They're playing, you know, they're playing great offensively. They're playing pretty good defensively. And they came in and, you know, just, just – cr- they traveled coast to coast and crushed the Chargers who were – the two teams – who we assumed are two Super Bowl contenders who had 10 days to prepare coming off a, off of a short week and into a long one. The Chiefs and Chargers were two of the teams that looked the worst yesterday. Yeah, By are what you we ready expect. Yet? Are you ready yet to, uh, to say there's a potential that Jacksonville could win that division? I mean, it's not a strong oh, division. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what we've seen through three games, there's no question. I mean, we saw Indianapolis up close and personal yesterday, and they beat the Chiefs, and they still didn't look good on their way to that win. Tennessee doesn't look good at all. They got the win against Oakland, I mean, uh, Vegas yesterday. And Houston, we know what Houston's going to be. Houston's going to, you know, they're probably going to play really hard each and every week under Lovey Smith, hang in there in a lot of games, but going to have a hard time winning a lot of those games. But yes, I mean, Jacksonville by far has looked the best in the AFC South. We saw yeah, Cincinnati and, and bounce back yesterday. Uh, Baltimore got a big win. And then maybe Baltimore's more for real than me. I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. The NFL is has lost its mind. And I think, <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but I've thought about it quite a bit over the last 24 hours. I don't think I can remember a crazier first three weeks we know it because we're betting it right now like it, it, we're now three for three on doing really well in college football coming into the nfl sunday and just it's a massacre like it is unbelievably hard like you don't hit anything it's like you can't win a bet in the nfl it's insane yeah, I took all of my winnings from college football on Saturday, blew it all yesterday on NFL bets. I mean, uh, you're right. I, I don't think I hit on literally, I mean, maybe one bet. And I think I picked the Eagles to cover the spread against the Commanders. And that was basically it. Um, after three weeks, I'm in a survivor pool where I had five picks. I'm done. I'm out after three weeks. Uh, I can't even pick a team to win straight up. Uh, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that bad. Uh, at least I can sit back and I don't have to worry about picking a team, you know, from here on out. But, you know, you mentioned the dud of, of Sunday Night Football in primetime. It, it was a dud throughout the entire day. I mean, for the, the main games that I would imagine most people in this market watched, Kansas City and Indianapolis in the early window, that was a dud of a game. 
And then you go into what America's game of the week, quote unquote, with the Packers and the Bucks. That was brutal to set through until about the last couple of minutes in that game. Uh, and then, of course, Sunday Night Football with Russell Wilson, who until, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter looked awful and Jimmy G looked just as bad. Uh, yeah. It was a it was a terrible overall day of football watching. Uh, and there I were had to turn that game off. I mean, I'm not even yeah. that's not I, I'm not joking. I ha- I turned that. I was like, I, I am done for the day. I cannot. I went downstairs and watched the show with my wife. I had that game. I turned it on at halftime because I was solo with the kids last night. We were just goofing around. Turn it on at halftime. I think I left it on for about mm, 10 to 15 minutes. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I can't do this. Not after today. I'm out. I turned it off. I never turn off NFL games. I couldn't do it. Oh, and, and you know, how about uh, a game that we haven't really mentioned much? And, and in spite of all the craziness, this is a pretty big story as well. The Miami Dolphins take down the Buffalo Bills in you yeah. know, what is a huge statement win for the Dolphins. Now, keep in mind, Buffalo's defense banged up and they I mean, they didn't have anybody outside gassed, of Von man. Miller. I mean, they didn't have they could they had, not yeah. deal with that weather. They didn't have Poyer. They didn't have Hyde. Hyde they, I mean, they, yeah. they didn't. They didn't have anybody uh, defensively. I think they started four rookies in the secondary. Uh, and really, I that's we talked to Trey Wingo about it on Friday. And I remember him saying, this is as big of a game for Miami in the month of September that maybe they've ever had in their franchise. And, you know, sure enough, they were able to overcome a, a butt punt, you know, late in the game. And, and I mean, just bizarre, just bizarre things. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, this knocks Buffalo down a peg. I, I still no. think they're a, a top team in the AFC, but man, Miami's going to give them a run for their money. Miami's for real. I think we did learn that Tua is nails tough because nobody on in the world thought he was coming back after he stumbled around after taking that shot. Um, but I guess he cleared protocol. But yeah, I'm at Miami. But you know, we knew we knew Miami had a chance to win that game at home anyway. I mean, it wasn't like that was a stunning outcome. It probably played out a little bit differently than any of us thought. But it wasn't stunning to see Miami beat Buffalo. I mean, it was stunning to watch Jacksonville own the Chargers the way they did. It was stunning to watch the Chiefs make as many mistakes as they made in the areas they never make them. I mean, there were some outcomes where you're just like what in the world is going on here um and and here's what i think it all brings me back to i think by the end of this year there will be almost nothing if not nothing that we take away from what's happened through the first three weeks of this season i don't know why it's happening we had a very normal off season i i can't figure out what is going on. But I don't think anything that we're seeing now will mean anything when we get to December. And, so and gonna, while the NFL's, throw... yeah, the NFL's always like that, like it's always sort of, you know, week to week or handful of weeks to a handful of week, but not like this. This is crazy. I, I, I'm going to throw this out there and I want to get your thoughts on it. It was a pretty normal off season. I've seen people on social media discussing this idea and I'm not sold on it, but I think it does warrant having a little bit of a conversation about it. Do you think the preseason being shortened to three weeks has contributed at all 
to just wild like and 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 some things like some teams are looking unprepared you know the first few weeks of the season and just you know making mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot and really sloppy play overall do you think that that can be a contributing factor no because the game that was taken away was essentially the game that none of the starters played in anyway they don't they didn't we didn't shrink the length of time teams have to prepare in the preseason we basically just took away a pointless fourth game. Uh, they they get extra practice time now, quite frankly. Um, and and this isn't the first year we've seen it, right? We saw this last year too. So no, I don't I don't think that's it. I I just I, I just think it's weird. I I don't know what it is. You know, Chris Collinsworth in a very and again I only turned on that broadcast for a very small portion of the second half because it was making me nauseous. But I, I heard Chris Collinsworth say something, and it really, like, it sort of perked, perked my ears up a little bit. And I don't know how much of this he talked about during the entire broadcast, and I haven't seen it really talked about. The way that defenses played Patrick Mahomes last year and what they did to him, it, it sounded like, from Collinsworth passing comment, that, like, all the defenses are doing that now. And it's been a really hard adjustment for offenses to make because they just can't take big shots like they're used to, right? Everything has been shrunk down, and efficiency is key. And we know this is a league of adjustments. There could be, to me, there could be something to that. If everybody saw the way that teams limited Kansas City, granted it was for a portion of time, but enough time to see that and think, you know what, maybe we should just try that all the time. If, if that's happening, I could see something like that because this is the ultimate game of adjustments. But I can't – I don't know what it is. It, it's just – it is so crazy. And I think yeah. it amplifies the craziness when you're trying to bet these games like we are now in Kansas. We're just like, I didn't even know where to turn. Like, what do I even – like, what's a good read on something? I, I, I it's, it's, been, it's been outrageous. And we'll, we'll yeah. talk about – from the betting perspective, we'll talk to some of our betting experts and things later in the week here. But my goodness, what a yeah. wild and crazy opening to the NFL season. I mean, if, if that's the case, if, if Chris Collinsworth is correct in that you know, assessment, then every team did that yesterday, except for maybe the Chargers defense against Jacksonville. And yeah. that Chargers defense has Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Kyle Van Noy and you know some and and, and Derwin James and some big time playmakers and they gave up 38 points to to Jacksonville uh, and Brandon Staley is a defensive head coach so yeah. even if that is the case and that's what's happening league wide uh, for the most part uh, the team that should be implementing that because they play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs two times a season they sure didn't do it yesterday against Jacksonville. I have a sneaky suspicion that was one of those games where Staley's game plan was just severely outcoached by Peterson's game plan. Yeah. That would be my guess as to why that game happened the way it did. Um, and that could have something to do with Herbert not practicing all week and the Chargers sort of being on the fence and what they're going to do and how they're going to play. And, you know, there there were things I, it could, because I was I was like, oh, man, uh, here comes Herbert and they haven't adjusted the lines. I'm going to go get it at three. And I did. And it was even more painful to see the way that they played. But, you know, I don't, my, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, just one. I think that one's more of a throw it out the window. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, we don't know Herbert's injury status. He looked okay to me yesterday. So I imagine the Chargers will provide a decent opportunity next week. But I'm going to bet that Vegas doesn't buy into 
them being bad at all. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen. You mentioned, uh, yeah. Yes, Jeff. One quick thing I noticed that I wanted to, uh, I kind of hate to steer the, 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 the topic back to the butt punt. However, whoever was on the stick at Twitter for the NFL, did you see their official tweet with the video of that? No, I missed no. that. Uh, the official tweet reads, punt goes out of the rear of the end zone. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good well job from the NFL there. Well good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, it was my favorite. Yeah, it's great. My, my favorite line from the entire day yesterday. You mentioned Chris Collinsworth. It was in Sunday Night Football, and it was Mike Tirico. And in the middle of just the insanity, Tirico just, he couldn't even hold it back anymore. He goes, this is bad tonight. Like, he's the play-by-play guy for Sunday Night Football, and he's going, this is bad. And he collectively echoed the thoughts of pretty much everybody in the country. Yeah, I think he read the room well on that. That was a very small portion of the game I did watch. I did see that. I thought that was a good line, too. Uh, whatever, NFL, we're we're going to come keep coming right back to you, and you can <laughs> just keep you know, throwing haymakers if you would, or or maybe you can, you know, lock in and get things back to normal. Chiefs, they were a part of the insanity yesterday. We we knew something was up. We knew something was up, but we couldn't put our finger on it. Well, we found out what it would be. It would be special teams gaffes and one of the team leaders and real good dudes in the NFL making boneheaded decisions late in the game. What? And a controversy at halftime, perhaps. We're going to get to the Chiefs. 869-1240 Chiefs fans, vent to us. We will uh, we'll be your platform here. You can also find us on social media. We're chugging right along on a Monday, a reaction Monday, a what in the world is going on Monday of Sports Daily. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Oh, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Five sacks of Matt Ryan and about a billion more pressures. They held Jonathan Taylor to under four yards a carry. And they found a way to lose the game. We knew something was up. We knew something was up. And boom. We see special teams mistake after special teams mistake. We see Chris Jones make an awful decision late in the game that makes no sense because it is so unlike him. And look, everybody can complain about it all they want to and that they threw the flag. You can't do it. You don't sit on top of the quarterback and then bark in his face right with the referee two inches from you. Like, you, it's just, you, you just don't do it. And he owned it after the game, as we would expect he would. Absolutely took the blame and handled it like a pro because he is a pro. But it just... Part of the nonsense of that game and why, like, what on earth? Yeah, uh, I said it on Friday, and I don't think anybody wanted to necessarily believe me. Uh, I thought this was a trap game. Uh, I thought, it had well, yeah, potential. we knew it was a trap game. The line was telling us it was a trap game. Why were the, why was the, you know, the action 
going to the Chiefs, but the line going to the Colts because big bettors were spending big money on Indianapolis. But how do they know? I mean, I, I suppose you can consider the kicking issues that Kansas City inevitably is going to have. But that doesn't explain all the other stuff. I don't know. Uh, you could see it coming from a mile away, though. I mean, the fact that Indianapolis has had a terrible start to their season. They go down to Jacksonville. They get shut out on the road. Frank Reich is uh, kind of on the hot seat. Matt Ryan not living up to, uh, you know, the, the veteran QB that he was coming into Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor had been shut down. Uh, but he's one of the best backs in the league. Michael Pittman healthy. And then on the other side with Kansas City, it's pretty clear that in week two in that Thursday night game, the chargers were the better team on the field. And there were, there were some issues with Kansas city. And so I, I don't know. I, my, my heart wanted me to be like, yeah, I, I think the chiefs will be okay. But my head was telling me trap game all along. And um, it certainly reared its ugly head yesterday. It, that's inexcusable. I mean, absolutely inexcusable. I, I'm not sure how, Anybody really was let on that team playing outside of maybe the defense, maybe Steve Spagnola. Like he was the only coach that yeah, I felt like called a good. good game yesterday, you know, the and outside of the Chris good. Jones penalty defense. I mean, yeah. the fact they didn't have Willie Gay, Kept I mean, a Darius, yeah, Darius Harris, you know, stepped up and played really well. Nick Bolton played really well. Uh, they were able to shut down Jonathan Taylor without Willie Gay. So defensively, they played really, really good football uh, outside of that. Embarrassing. And we're, we're going to get into the bigger concerns for me in just a second. But we mentioned Chris Jones. Fred on the line. Fred wants to, to chime in on Chris Jones. Fred, what do you think? Well, I did, you know, I just uh, went from ecstasy to just absolute uh, death on that one play with Chris Jones. I'm, I mean, I know. Um, you know, they pay these guys a million plus a game, some of them, and, and uh, to be professionals. And so maybe they ought to act like professionals. I mean, I, I, I kind of felt like when I got to thinking about it a little bit that, well, maybe they were just practicing for for the Ford giveaway to Brady game next week. So that's my comment, and I'll let go. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is, and it's fr- it's most frustrating for Chris Jones because it's so out of character. He is the ultimate pro. I mean, he is the lifeblood of this team. Outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, and he he just and and again after the game, that's why he handled it the way he did. Took absolute blame. Said that's my fault. I, I I've apologized to everybody. I can't. I, you know, it was a big mistake. He, I'm a Chris Jones guy, right? It's okay to say Chris Jones screwed up because he did. People were getting so defensive on Twitter yesterday. It's like guys, like I like Chris Jones just as much as anybody. He he's the one who said he screwed up. I mean, I said it too, but like he did. Like you can't, you don't need to defend that. That was a stupid thing to do. Um, all of that being said, I don't see the special teams being an issue for a season. Right? They have one of the best special teams units year in year out in football. Not worried about it. One one off weird week, albeit with long preparation time, which makes it even weirder. The defense outside of that Chris Jones mistake looked fantastic. Indianapolis looked terrible. They had 260 yards of offense, right? They were not good offensively. The Chiefs defense did a great job in that game. But, Tommy, now two weeks in a row, I have real concern about the Chiefs' ability to push the ball down the field. And it's it's it, it's the Tyreek Hill thing, if you want to call it that, but it was a problem last year, too, when Tyreek Hill was there. The Chiefs, their their offense has been, uh, it's been shrunk. 
Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, well, Marquez Valdez-Scantling should be, but he's but he's not. It, but even Juju, they're, the, Juju's not a stretch-the-field guy, never has been. They have got to find a way to push the ball down the field because defenses are just shrinking things down on them, and, and the Chiefs' offense has not been amazing for the last couple weeks, and, and it's not that... It do, that doesn't seem one off. Like they're they don't have what they need in that capacity right now. They got to figure that part out still. Yeah, I was really excited coming into this season about the opportunity to have uh, so much depth at the wide receiver position. Like, yeah, they don't have Tyree Kill anymore, but they don't have to lean on him all the time and lean on Travis Kelsey all the time. They can spread the ball out. Mahomes can have a bunch of different guys to get the ball to. They can show all these different looks with a lot of different, you know, weapons that might not be elite, but they're they're all pretty good, and they've got an opportunity to go out there and, you know, do a bunch of different things that we haven't seen from Kansas City before, and that hasn't been the case. Uh, Travis Kelsey... For as great as he is and how elite that he is and the best tight end in the National Football League, he can't do it all. He can't do yeah, it every single him play. Away. Without he, a doubt. He, he tried to take ownership of the loss, too, yesterday because he dropped that fault. pass in the end zone. Not his fault. No, yeah, he should have caught that ball. But, no, the overall offensive woes. Like, And he's a team leader. Both of those team leaders, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, trying to take blame for the loss. They're not the reason the Chiefs lost. They contributed to it. Um, but it was overall and, and Tommy, I say that it's a concern because what we saw on the sidelines tell us it's a concern. There is clearly frustration for Patrick Mahomes and it's clearly coming in the direction of Eric B because they got into it when EB rightfully, by the way, didn't let Mahomes try to go score. But when do you ever see Patrick Mahomes bark back at a coach? I mean, if Andy Reid had said, yo, Pat, we're going to take this in. That it's The down and distance is too long. Like, we got to get this in. We got to just go to the locker room. What do you, Patrick Mahomes would have just jogged off the field. But clearly there's something going on here with Eric Bieniemy. You can see the video. Mahomes is very annoyed for a guy who just doesn't really get that way. Something's there. Mahomes was asked about it after the game. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I, I'm, I wanted to go try to score. I mean, that's just who I am. We were in a tough situation. I believe it was like second or third and 20 or and something like that. And the, probably the smart decision was to just take – we had got the ball out of half. Let's just go to the go to halftime. But I'm always going to be wanting to score. And, I mean, I pretty much just said, let me have a chance at it. And then he was just like, let's let's, let's get back in our locker room and we'll, we'll get something going for the next half. And I guess uh, – I don't know if that's an altercation, but, I mean, that was just – that was the end of the conversation. Yeah, it was an altercation, Tommy, for sure. I mean, we we could all see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was there was not much question about that. Yeah, I, I think. And, yeah, I mean, you, you look there. at there, there, yeah, there is, and and you look at uh, the the fiery passion that Patrick Mahomes has, and Eric Bieniemy has a lot of fiery passion as well. And so I I think it's easy. Like if this was an isolated one time thing, you could chalk it up to hey, both of these guys are passionate. Things are not really going the way that they wanted it to go offensive gameplay-wise. Uh, you know, chalk it up to just uh, you know miscommunication or a little bit of a disagreement, move on, it's all good. The problem is, is that there's 
somewhat of a history with this, right? And all these stories from over the off season about, you know, these two guys not getting along and there being a rift. And, um, you know, of course, Eric B interviewing for all these different head coaching positions, but not getting any of them. And that raises the question about what's going on with Eric B and, and that might be a conversation for another day. I did see, I don't know if you, you saw this Jacob, but I did see our old friend shady, our old friend, LaShawn McCoy chiming in on social media and saying that that's basically Eric Bieniemy, Like he just wants to argue with his players. He doesn't want to do anything constructive. Doesn't want to play call. Doesn't know anything about offense. Just wants to argue with his players. That's, that's McCoy's words. And we all know his tenure in Kansas city wasn't amazing. Um, but uh, th- there's, there's clearly something there when, when there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, all I know is that you're going to have another primetime audience against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers next Sunday night. Whatever this disagreement is between these two guys, it's got to be smoothed over and they've got to work it out before Sunday. Well, it's they're going to they're going to not do it publicly, I wouldn't think again, but it's going to be an issue. Andy Reid, you know, the Chiefs don't want to there there's so much about perception and and what is perceived and they don't want it to be perceived inside that locker room that this is an issue, but it is. You know, Andy Reid essentially took things away from Eric Bieniemy. if we, you know, if we remember back to the stories. They all, they didn't, you know, he didn't have a contract for a while, yeah. right? And they weren't rushing to lock him up as you would. I'm not going to say that the Chiefs don't want Eric Bieniemy, but the Chiefs would much rather, in my opinion, I think the Chiefs would just rather him get a job somewhere. And, and there's something going on there. The connection is not what it used to be. And I don't know when there was a point of no return. The Bengals game was a microcosm of it and a big issue, it, it, if we, you know, according to some reports. And then clearly yesterday, we just don't see that from Patrick Mahomes very often. And as soon as Andy Reid stepped over there, it was squashed, right? So the issue to me, what my eyes are telling me, and just sort of Mahomes' tone after the game, which again is very out of character for him, is that Mahomes has a real problem with the And so I don't know what that means, and I don't know how much of a bigger picture factor that is to the offensive woes. I'll say this. Andy Reid has plenty to do with the game plan. So I think the overall issues we're seeing offensively, I'm not going to say, oh, this is all Eric Bieniemy's fault because I don't think that at all. I think Andy Reid has a ton to do with everything that happens on that offense. So it's not, I'm not trying to blame Bieniemy for what's happening. But I am saying that this disconnect is problematic between quarterback and and who knows who else, an offensive coordinator. And Andy Reid has tried to navigate this well, but at some point, there will be a point of no return. Maybe they can gather themselves and look great offensively next week. And they did look great offensively in week one, by the way, against Arizona. But they're going to play a good and a smart and a savvy defense again next week in primetime on Sunday Night Football. And here we go. I think next week is is just unbelievably important for that offense. If we see them struggle now for a third straight week, it may be high alert time. And I don't you know, I don't know what they can do. The only thing I can think of is to to include Sky more more in the receiving part of the game plan. He obviously had a, an awful day on special teams yesterday, but you drafted the guy high. He's got to be a part of the offense. They're just not dynamic playmakers right now 
at the wide receiver position outside, you know, Travis Kelsey is who he is. He's one of the all-time greats. But in that wide receiver, you don't have that playmaking dynamic wide receiver at this moment, and you got to find him. And Sky Moore seems like the most obvious choice. And, and you know, he had a great preseason in camp. I don't know how things are going now in practice. But the Chiefs have got to find something offensively because that's two weeks in a row where it's just kind of like, that was a little bit uncomfortable to watch offensively. They just don't look like they're in rhythm at all. Yeah, I mean, Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Elaire had zero yards. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco had nine rushing yards. Jarek McKinnon averaged under three yards a carry. Uh, the running game was not good. Indianapolis did a really good job of bottling that up. So, yeah, offensively, there are a lot of issues. And you know what? That that call on Chris Jones, that's a fluke. That's bad. Uh, but it's not something that is going to continue to happen. It's not a an overall issue on the unit. But no. we've gone this entire time. You know, we, we've talked for nearly 15 minutes about everything going on with Kansas City offensively and, you know, that call on Chris Jones. Um, I'm sorry, special teams, an absolute dumpster fire Nightmare. yesterday. That's that's why they lost the game, for sure. 100%. I mean, you know, Matt yeah, Amendola should not be on this roster moving forward. Uh, and, you know, I of course, it's it's... Un, you know, it's not good that Harrison Butker has been injured. He's been one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL throughout his time in Kansas City. Matt Amendola should not be on the roster. I mean, at this point, let Justin Reed kick it. Uh, the the muffed punt from Sky Moore, uh, which I'm not convinced that Sky Moore is the answer offensively uh, at this point. I think there's still much to be proved uh, by him. Just overall, a, a terrible, terrible outing by Dave Tobe's special teams unit. And typically, he preaches discipline. Typically, he's got a really, really good buttoned-up special teams unit. He didn't yesterday. Uh, you can find the story, by the way, on Mahomes and BME on our website, uh, kfhradio.com. It's there. It's right there for you. Uh, go go get it. If you didn't see it, we got all kinds of stuff on it. You'll, you'll see what we're talking about. Let's give Earl the final thought in this segment earl what'd you think yesterday i can't imagine you're a happy camper here on a monday uh, well i called before you started talking about the b enemy deal so you know you it was like you're a mind reading but i'm i'm not quite as benign on that as you guys are we scored three points in the second half of the afc championship game because of the rift between b enemy and mahomes this game we scored three points in the seventh the second half and there was a rift again look man the enemy needs to be out of there. We're, it, it's that same old thing. It's kind of like Andy Reid when he kept his defensive coordinator around too much with a good team. He's got Ned Yost, Dayton Moore syndrome. He keeps people around out of loyalty, which loyalty is a great thing, to the point that it starts hurting a ball club. And when it's hurting the team because of the rift between the offensive coordinator, and by the way, if you read the enemy's contract after they did it, he has the say on the offensive game plans. You can put Reed in there all you want, and that's where the conflict between those two occurred. But he's the one putting them together. And I've got to tell you, it was a crappy game plan against the Chargers, and his game plan didn't much look better yesterday. If you can say, you know, the Chargers got uh, got tanked because the game plan, you know, from Doug Peterson was better, I'm telling you, Biennemi's not putting a good game plan together, and that's when the darn thing starts simmering, and then it blows to a head when that game plan isn't producing the way it should. So either Biennemi pulls his head out of his butt 
and he's been there long enough now that I don't see that happening. Or they get him gone, get a little fresh ear in the voice of Mahomes in that offense to get this thing turned around. That defense played Super Bowl caliber defense. That's that is what we are hoping for this year. Special teams, man, they poop down their leg. That's for sure. But ultimately, the engine that drives this team is that offense. And right now, it's only hitting on six out of eight cylinders because Bienemy is a is a problem. He is a problem. I, I, mean, I don't think I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, they they do, and the, and the Chiefs have tried everything they can to, to move him on. Like they're been very public in there he needs to be a head coach he needs to be a head coach and then and we knew it at the time we knew it at the time Earl when when those reports started coming out this summer and it was like wait a minute Bienemy doesn't have a contract I mean we were here I was here saying Bienemy not having a contract is a problem and it should tell us all something the Chiefs don't know what to do with him they don't want him but there's this component there that he's being blackballed because of a racial issue and they don't want to touch that the Chiefs have been in a rock and a hard place on the enemy from the beginning they don't they don't know what to do with him but clearly it is a problem i don't disagree with you and but they don't know how to handle it and now here we are i would say this across the parking lot there you know the royals put on their big boy pants and we all love dayton more and what he did but they realized there was a law of diminishing returns at that point and put on the big boy pants and shuck the dude you you can do that you can do that in the nfl i mean you know through three weeks offensive and defensive coordinators are being shucked i mean denver brought in a guy to, to help on offense and manage a game for their new head coach. I mean, it's not unheard of, and but it will never happen with Andy Reid there because that's how he rolls. We will go down and not be all that we could be because of his loyalty to be enemy, and, which is a human thing that is great. But for us fans watching it, we're going, dang. It's like not getting a divorce because of the kids. And ultimately, years down the road, the kids are going, I wish you would have just got that divorce. So get him out. Let's get back on track and have a good game. Take care. So, so Earl, I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah, I'll chime in real quick. Uh, just kind of your, your thoughts on this. And, and I agree with you. Andy Roy, Andy Reid is, is such a loyal guy and has been for a long time. But I can look in my crystal ball. I can tell you right now, Eric Bieniemy walks away. He goes to another job or whatever the situation is. I can tell you exactly who the new offensive coordinator for Kansas City is going to be. It's going to be Matt Nagy. He's back on on the coaching staff for Kansas City. That's loyalty from Andy Reid. People in Chicago would like to have a word about that. It's going to happen. I mean, look, like it's it's the the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah, it's it's tough. Look, kudos to whoever ultimately gets to ask Andy Reid about it today because Andy Reid doesn't get mad very often uh, in his media availability. That question's going to irritate him today, and it's absolutely the question that needs to be asked. Like, we can all see it now. You know, we heard about it before. We can see it now. So what are we going to do about it? We'll see. That that availability comes today, and we'll have that to uh, dissect tomorrow as well. All right, uh, quick We'll have a quick note on the Pro Bowl. Things are changing with the Pro Bowl. We'll hit that next and then make a shift to college football in hour number two. Sports Daily returns after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On the KFH. I love this song. Reminds me of college. Uh, Tommy, the NFL replacing the Pro Bowl with the Pro Bowl games, which will be skills competition, flag football. Um, I'm in on this. I, the Pro Bowl, you can't. It just doesn't make a lot of sense in football to play a high contact exhibition game like that. I love the skills competitions anyway. I remember when those used to be a big deal before the Pro Bowl. Like when ESPN didn't have a ton of programming and you'd see quarterbacks trying to throw accuracy drills or whatever. Like, I think that's better anyway. I'm all in on this. I think it's a good call. I couldn't care less. Uh, I didn't watch it before. I'm not going to watch it now. Uh, I just assumed for a while it's been a flag football game. Um, I mean, literally, like, don't care. Uh, Really, I think the last time I watched the Pro Bowl was when it was in Hawaii. And that was primarily because... It's wintertime, it's January in Kansas, it's like 15 degrees outside, and I liked watching a show in Hawaii because it made me feel happy that, you know, I could kind of put myself in their shoes like, hey, I wish I was there right now. Don't care about it now, Uh, ever since it moved. Not going to watch this. Um, I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't know if I'll watch this, but I will be more inclined to watch this than I am the, the traditional Pro Bowl game, which is now going away. Um, There was no need because you just didn't, nobody wanted to see anybody get hurt, right? It was like, why, like, it's not, this this will be better. And I think with the involvement of Peyton Manning and his career, I I think it'll have an entertainment value that is much higher now than just the old game and the way it used to be played. So uh, I'm in on it. You don't care. It's news. But, yeah, the Pro Bowl doesn't move the needle much for me either. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes this year. All right, we're going to shift away from Pope football. It was a massive college football weekend. KU fans, K-State fans now, how you feeling? We'll get to both as we make our way into hour number two of a Reaction Monday on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.